We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That'll do it. Knicks losing streak is now at four. As they lose for the third time, Nick Nurse, the Canadian national team coach, and R.J. Barrett plays for the national team. Barrett with 30.7 rebounds, five assists. A lot of respect between those two. Tough, hard-nosed point guards. Okay. Making that sound a lot lately. Um, Knicks lose again. Third straight loss, fourth loss in five games. Um, feels like the snowball is starting to pick up speed. Uh, final score in Toronto, 125 to 116. Uh, this was a game that uh, very much followed the script, I guess, of the last couple of games where Wizards came out, uh, lit up the gym, and uh, Hawks came out, lit up the gym. And tonight the Raptors came out and lit up the gym. And there were some specific different differences in each of those games. I suppose the uh, the Hawks game, obviously, it was more it was tighter because the Knicks were were firing on all cylinders on offense early on tonight. Different story. Um, Knicks took a little while to get the ball moving. Of course, once they got the ball moving, they actually had one of their better passing games of the year. Um, which was nice. Um, they did actually some nice things. I know it feels like all doom and gloom right now, but the Knicks actually did some nice things tonight anyway. Um, but yeah, that's one commonality of the last three games. And then the other commonality, at least of the last two games is the start of the fourth quarter. Um, the Knicks absolutely get obliterated and it was, I believe 22, 20 to four start to the fourth quarter against Atlanta tonight. It was do, 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 uh, 16 or 14 to two. And I have a feeling it was actually kind of worse than that. Mike Breen had a great stat um, with about four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter that the Knicks were out rebounded 13 to four over the first seven minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, this is, this feels bad. This feels bad. It doesn't feel good right now. If you're watching this team, it feels like there's a lot wrong with it. Um, and it feels like the stuff that is still good, which again, there's good stuff going on. Like they're fighting. They were down 17 tonight. They came back to take a three point lead. That's a 20 point turnaround on the road. You're missing two of your top six guys on a team that 
only has six guys. Uh, although they a seventh guy did show up tonight, so we'll we'll talk about him in a bit. Um, you know, so give them credit for that. Uh, they cleaned up the defensive rebounding issues minus Mitchell Robinson for three quarters tonight. I guess they deserve half a gold star for that. Um, and I actually want to give praise to one player in particular. I, I don't think anyone's played really great basketball over the last three games. Um, and maybe we could even go further than that because before that was what the Detroit game. And before that was the, the last Toronto game. Um, I thought Julius Randle played a really good game tonight. Um, I thought he started off shaky. He held the ball too long in several instances, took him a while to get acclimated to what the uh, Toronto defense was throwing at him. It should not take him that long to get acclimated to what the Toronto defense is throwing at him. He's faced them three or four times a year, whatever it's been for the last three years or four years since he's been here. Um, He should be more used to it. Um, So that's not great. That said, after that initial kind of period of unevenness, I thought he played a really, 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 really good game to the point that I wanted to call him out um, in a positive way. Finished 8 of 14 from the field, 23 points, 19 rebounds, uh, one shy of his career high, and uh, eight assists. And I think his four turnovers that he had, yeah, he ended up with four turnovers. All four of those, I want to say, were in the first quarter. It doesn't make him, you know, not count, but he he showed up. Uh, that said, the Knicks have got to the place where they were sixth in the East and given people notions like, hey, maybe we could make a run at home court advantage to now being in a place where it's like, well, wait a minute. Are we are we going to get like are, are we going to be in like the top half of the play in bracket with Mitch out for a while and quickly obviously miss the game tonight? Hopefully that's not serious. I think. It's it's easy to like as it's happening, not realize how important it is when Julius Randall or Jalen Br- and Jalen Brunson, oftentimes both of them are like really playing like all stars and like making all kinds of shots, shots that you, you are, are really difficult to make, like star level shots. And both of them, to a certain extent, were doing that. Um for the better part of a month and a half, if you want to go even longer than that for Brunson, he's really been, and Randall even he's both of their efficiency all year long. They've been great Uh, of late Brunson, not a good game today. Um, Randall, I just praised him really good game. He only had seven field goals, you know, didn't get to the line all that much. You want to blame the refs for that. Uh, What did Randall end up shooting from the line? Uh, Got okay. Eight times. He was five of eight, missed three free throws. Not good. But like those guys have carried the Knicks. Think about how many times we've watched this team where those guys, one or both of them have bailed them out. And offense obviously isn't the issue right now. Uh, It's not. They scored 116 points tonight. They scored 124 points against Atlanta. Like they could score. It was obviously an issue at the start of the fourth quarter when both of those guys were off the court. And we'll talk about that. Uh, the choice that was made to have both of those guys off the court and trust a backup plus RJ lineup that ended up kind of being the end of the game for them. He got Brunson in there after I think it was a eight to two Toronto run. So it was they were down six. He got Brunson back in there. Didn't really stem the tide. 
got Randall back in there. And then, you know, by that point it was almost too late. Um, but like, I, I, I just, I can't help but notice that it's hard for this team to look as good as they have at times this year, or for us to watch them and feel as good about their ceiling and feel about, uh, as good about what they're doing when Brunson isn't doing Jalen Brunson things. And he did not do any of those things tonight. I thought he was, he had a really poor game, you know, and Randall is more forced into the role of distributor, which I thought he was tonight. And he did a really good job of it. And again, after that first quarter. So wanted to get that out of the way. There's a lot that is going to come up tonight. There's going to be conversation about, you know, drop coverage. There's going to be conversation about point of attack defense, about going under screens. There's going to be the usual conversation about Isaiah Hardenstein. Why is he still getting minutes for this team? I don't really have a great answer for that. Um, there, I'm sure will be conversation about Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier tonight did hit some big shots. He also was three of nine overall, had uh, two turnovers, one of which was absolutely inexplicable um, when he just like, I don't know, threw the threw the ball to, to nobody laying on the floor. Um, but there were a couple of other instances of that tonight. So I don't want to put it all on him, but like, you know, he played 21 minutes. Meanwhile, Obi Toppin played 11 minutes. Obi Toppin, you could tell me that you, Obi Toppin was the most important player of this game because they had absolutely nothing going for them until the backups checked in initially. And then Obi Toppin hit his first, I think he hit his first four threes. Um, Played spectacularly, had a really nice steal that ended up the ball back in his hands, hit a corner three. He, not, I don't say he single-handedly got them back in the game, but he was easily the most significant contributor to getting them back in the game. And he plays three minutes in the second half. Now, do I think Julius Randle should have been on the bench? No, I don't think Julius Randle should, should have been on the bench. Like I said, I think Julius Randle played an excellent game. Hardenstein is giving you nothing. Nothing. And Jericho Sims, you know, I, I think, again, for what he is being asked to do a year and a half after being the 58th pick in the draft, played admirably last year, did some really nice things. I thought he's played really well in the opportunities he's been given this year. But that's a tough spot for him to be in. He's not Mitchell Robinson. He can't be Mitchell Robinson. Um, he could try and he could be an approximation of Mitch, but no one's going to be Mitch. And I think everything that we're seeing with this team right now, maybe not everything, but a lot of what we're seeing with this team right now, I kind of want to put under the umbrella of they are clearly a very a, a good to maybe very good team when they could stick to their formula. And that is Tom Thibodeau's specialty. If you if you give him, he's like, I need this, this, and this. And if you give me this, this, and this, I'll be able to drill into my guys what I need them to do to perform. And for a while, that is exactly what was happening when I would always come on here and I would always quote the same stats. The Knicks over the last four weeks, six weeks, it got even longer than that. You know, top five net rating like that wasn't imaginary. And I, I think we kind of took it for, gra uh, for granted as it was happening. It wasn't imaginary. It was a real thing. Now you don't have all of your pieces anymore. You don't have Mitchell Robinson tonight. You didn't have Emmanuel quickly. Um, you're relying on other things that you're not used to relying on your players after 
getting used to playing with Mitchell Robinson for this entire year and being able to rely on him being a backstop who, Hey, if I'm a little bit more aggressive, um, getting up on the shooter and the shooter turns into a driver and blows by me. Well, I know Mitch is going to be there. Mitch ain't there anymore. And they know that. And I think what we're seeing and what we certainly saw at the beginning of this game and they, to their credit, they cleaned it up is like guys just playing too far off and guys like making poor decisions on screens because they're just not used to playing without Mitchell Robinson. And like, I know one thing shouldn't have anything to do with the other. Like what, why should like, you should still make the right decision on a screen. Like don't go under a screen when it's Fred Van Fleet. That's the shooter, especially since Fred Van Fleet Fleet seems incapable of scoring under 30 points against this team. I I don't know exactly what he had tonight. Um, 28 on the, I think that's his, it's his third game this season scoring 28 against us. That's hysterical. I'm pretty sure now four of his top eight or nine or 10 scoring games have come against the Knicks this year, which you just, you can't write this shit. Um, and he had the nail in the coffin tonight when they were trying to make a too little, too late comeback. Anyway, like that's just, that's poor decision making. And like you can't, you can't eat like, Mitch not being back there shouldn't be in your in your as a defender be like, okay, well, I have to lay off a little bit because I really got to make sure the guy doesn't drive by me. No, that's your that's your call to be like, I have to just be my best self. And they were not their best selves against the Hawks. They were not their best selves as defenders out of the gate tonight against the Raptors. Again, they cleaned it up. Give them credit for that. They deserve credit for that. You like to see it. You like to see the fight in the team. They certainly haven't given up. Um, but they're just a very imperfect team. And they were always a team that kind of not like the, again, not a house of cards, but they needed all their guys and they needed everything to function just so. And if you, if you, if you kept them healthy, they would usually be able to do pretty well. And right now they're not healthy and we're seeing, you know, the mountains start to crumble. Uh, can they fix it? Is this coach capable of being a little bit more flexible? Is this roster capable of being a little bit more flexible? If they do decide to go with more small ball, they went with small ball against the Hawks and they got obliterated. Now that was a four or five minute sample size against a team that was, you know, with those guards probably uniquely um, constructed to exploit a team going small without a lot of great defenders, um, especially not a lot of great point of attack defenders. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All I will say is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of suggestions tonight. Oh, why aren't the Knicks doing this? Why aren't the Knicks doing that? I just did it. it it's all fair. It's all fair because when you have, three losses in a row and none of the particular, none of the losses are like, leave you feeling particularly great about anything. Like, yeah, you're going to be like, why the fuck aren't they doing this, that, and the other thing there's downsides to every choice, which is not to say you don't try other stuff. That's what people usually respond with when I, when I have this retort, which is like, well, try it. What's doing, what's going on right now. Isn't working. That's true. And they do need to try some different stuff because like, it's three losses in a row. It's four and five games. It hasn't killed you that much yet. You're st- I'm pretty sure they're still seventh in the East because the Hawks lost an absolutely awful game to the, the Hornets last night. Thank goodness for that. So like they're still seventh 
Like the wheels haven't completely fallen off. It feels like the wheels have fallen off right now. They haven't. You can rebound from this. You can put it together. The The schedule does not get any easier. I thought I circled tonight. I was like, man, if there's ever a game, they got to steal. Um, it might be this one, especially with these next handful of games coming up. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they have left in them, what they have left in the tank. Again, I don't care how it happens. I don't care how they do it. I don't care how it looks. If they could figure out a way to get to the all-star break at 500, um, kudos to them. I'm not sure how they do it. Uh, moment of the game. Uh, I got three candidates here. First moment of the game, it, it happened a million years ago, but it was still pretty impressive. Julius Randle had a hellacious dunk in the first quarter um, that gave the Knicks 20 points, which was like, honestly, as ferocious as the dunk he had um, recently, that was like the dunk of the year. Um, so that was that was pretty good. Um, Obi's steal and then uh, got rewarded with the three uh, that polished off a four for four. I think it was his. it was either his third or fourth three. Um, that's a good play of the game uh, candidate. And then uh, what should we go with for the for the last one? Um, you know what? Because he was really good and he didn't get any, he didn't get much run in the second half. I'm going to go with another Obi play. Um, Obi, the ball bounced around a couple of times at the end of the first half, and Obi um, made a really really nice quick pass to I think it was either Quentin Grimes or, or Jericho Sims under the basket. It was Obi Toppins. I'm pretty sure it was only his only assist or one of his one of his few assists. Um, that was a really nice play. All the love for Obi Toppin. Played a really nice game. Um, so I just want to give, yeah, he only had one assist. So whatever that OB top and assist was, that's the other moment of the game. Um, and then our Weiss and Rosenblum personal injury report. Don't forget if you have a, uh, inquiry about a possible case, don't call Weiss and Rosenblum 212-366-6100 or visit Weiss and Rosenblum.com for more information. Um, don't hire a rookie, hire a veteran, uh, prior results. Don't guarantee future outcomes. Mitchell Robinson, hurry back. Reevaluated in two and a half weeks, please. And uh, Emmanuel quickly. This was his first. This was Quick's first missed game of the year. Um, so, and he, it, according to Rebecca Harlow, came out, warmed up for about twenty minutes, decided he couldn't give it a go. I hope it's not anything. Um, because you you really do feel the loss of quickly. Um, and that's the other thing we we should. I'll end by saying this before we get to the super chats. This team through. 47 games. There are two guys that have separated themselves in the on-off metric in terms of how much better the team performs when they are on the floor. And those two players are Mitchell Robinson and Emmanuel quickly. And I don't, I forget who's third, but whoever is third is like a pretty distant third. Uh, They're not going to, they're not going to be able to survive the loss of both of those players. Um, They need, certainly quickly back and then it's all hands on deck to try to scrounge together somehow five wins between now and the all-star break all right that's it very curious to see which way the conversation goes tonight i do not expect there to be many positives but you never know uh brian benjamin starts us off would love to see tibbs make an adjustment yeah there's gonna be a lot of that tonight and again i spoke about it already um they need to they need to adjust somehow just like, again, there's always trade-offs. Like they started switching more 
drop wasn't really an issue after the early going. Um, the offense wasn't really an issue. Um, again, 116 points scored. Your defenders just have to be better. Like nobody defended well. I mean, Deuce McBride, I guess, defended pretty well tonight. I thought Julius was okay defensively. You just have to be better. You have to be better at the point of attack. You have to be better on screens. You have to be stronger on the glass. Um, they were better, better for three quarters, and then they got absolutely eviscerated. You just, guys got to step up. You know, guys got to step up. Brian Benjamin with another one. If we don't see Obi and Randall, then Tom isn't willing to do anything to win. Um, our defensive anchor is gone. Let's go full offense, baby. Shout out GMAC. Yeah, that's one of those things that's easy for us to sit here um, and say. He did it against the Hawks and it was the nail in the coffin. You know, it was the end of that game when he put those two guys together on the floor because they couldn't make heads or tails of what to do defensively against that Atlanta team. Um, I think tonight you could argue it would have been, it would have made more sense to try against this particular Raptors unit. Then again, what are the Raps great at? They're great at grabbing offensive rebounds. What is it? become harder to do when you have no center on the floor, grab defensive rebounds. Like that's a thing that's, again, it's not sexy and it's like, it's not fun to talk about. And like, we want to talk about the offense and how, you know, I, for me, like, again, I, the offense isn't the issue for me, for me, the offense, the, the issue is the defense and they really need to rejigger how they defend with Mitchell Robinson out. I think he is that important. I think he's that substantial to, to their entire game plan defensively, at least with Obi again, I'm not, nobody's saying Obi Toppins is a great defender. He might not even be a good defender, but maybe it makes you a little bit more comfortable switching some of this stuff. Um, but again, is he like, if your good defenders are getting blown by on the perimeter, like what's Obi Toppin going to do on a switch? Is he going to be any better? You know, and then and then you lose the rebounding too. Again, I'm 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 not saying don't try stuff, try stuff, please try stuff. You know, Obi also brings great energy, which is great, but there's there's downsides to everything. Whatever you want to do, any place you want to look, there's downsides. This roster just is not. They, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of playable NBA talent. Is the is the moral of the story? Thanks, Brian. Um, Hamdy M, what's going on, Hamdy? Are we sure Hardenstein is seven feet? He doesn't play like it. Plays like it's about he's about five foot seven. Asking for a friend. Unfortunately, I have Comcast, so I watch the local broadcast. It's brutal, John. I'm sorry about that, Hamdy. Um, man. Hardenstein, I, I hate I hate when there's a guy that turns in. I mean, other than Tibbs, because Tibbs is always the scapegoat. But I hate when there's a player that kind of becomes the, the scapegoat for a season because it's never about one player. You know, it's never about one player. His fit is it's not it's not, and his he's completely completely lost any confidence on the offensive end. I mean, think about this. When's the last time I say Hardenstein has taken a three? The floater that was so automatic to start the year. He had a floater tonight that was wide open. It like was off significantly. Um, 
And then when you factor in what he's just not doing on the defensive glass, he's not really grabbing offensive rebounds as well anymore. I know he's had a couple of decent offensive rebound games recently, but it's not working right now for him um, at all. Thanks, Hamdi. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Forgotten NYC. What's going on, Forgotten? Season can be lost in a heartbeat if we're not careful here. We saw it last year with losses in 17 of 20. Brutal stretch coming up. Uh, You brought it up, so we might as well talk about it. So here are the Knicks' next bunch of games. Ready? Mm. Cleveland at home. At Boston. At Brooklyn. Hopefully, no KD, although Kyrie, I watched him in the fourth quarter against Utah the other night. 
what one for 48 guys an absolute well i don't want to say anything too strong not my favorite human being on the face of the earth um but the dude could still ball and then you got a four game homestand with against the lakers the heat the clippers and the sixers and that sixers games on espn and then you maybe get a maybe get a little reprieve you go to orlando although they they took a game from someone recently that was like a took a game off of a decent team. Maybe it was Toronto. I forget. Toronto or Atlanta won a game recently. That's what I know against a team that was like not terrible. Like that's your upcoming stretch. Um, I mean, it, as of right now, sitting here right now, I don't anticipate them being favored in any of these games. Um, they're going to be dogs until they go to Orlando. Like, so if you're going to be underdogs in the next seven games, what, what's what, what constitutes good um, is two and five. Good is three and four. I mean, Jesus, if they, if they go three, I mean, where do I sign for three and four in this stretch? And then you close out the rest of the stretch before the all-star break with at Orlando, at Philly, Utah, and Brooklyn. And then you try to you try to win the Orlando game. You try to steal either the Utah game or the or not steal. You should honestly be able to beat Utah and Brooklyn at home going into the All Star break. Oh, sorry. And then one more at Atlanta. That's that takes you into the break. Again, are there five wins in there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they know the severity of what's what's happening, but can they stop it? Is the question. I don't have the answer to that sitting here right now. Forgotten with one more. Uh, the Raps being six games under seems fake. They're good. They're just a great matchup against us because. So. You move the ball, you, you, you score against the Raptors by moving the ball. The Knicks, it took them a quarter to realize this, apparently. And then finally, they started moving the ball. And then lo and behold, over the last three quarters, the Knicks actually scored a lot of points. Um, did the Knicks actually outscore the Raptors over the course of the last three quarters? Yeah, they did. Cause they were down 15 after the first. And then from there, the Knicks put up 31, 33 and 30. Now I understand the 30 in the fourth quarter was a little bit of fool's gold because they didn't score them when it counted. Um, but so they, they're not a good passing team. The Knicks Raptors are great because, and then they, if you're, not a great passing team and you're the Knicks and the Raptors also are uniquely suited to shut down the guy that is the head of the snake in Jalen Brunson. And they are as well suited to shut down Jalen Brunson as any team in the league. Then you put guys into positions that are not accustomed to being put in, which is where you get more turnovers than usual, which is how the Raptors score. And that's why the Knicks give up 8,000 points. It seems like every time they face the Raptors, because they give them up in transition. And then when you factor in, the offensive rebounds, which is like, again, defensive rebounding has been an issue for the Knicks all year. They've cleaned it up at times. The Raptors will exploit that. And then when you throw in no Mitchell Robinson tonight, like that's huge. That's really big. They're just, they're a bad matchup for us. And then the Van Vliet thing, again, the the version of Van Vliet that we have seen in these four games is just, go look at his game log. Go look at his year long stats. That is not the guy that has been playing for the Toronto Raptors the entire year. This is a different dude who comes to play when he sees us on the court with him. I mean, credit to him for that, but that's the other huge reason. Um, his threes are just, man, 
the back. And he was getting into the paint at will, too. That's the other part. Like, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop his threes, and they couldn't stop his penetration. That's, that's what I mean. When, when you got a guy who's both hitting threes and penetrating at will, I, it's it can't be completely a scheme thing because you're not – like, guys just aren't doing their job. And then you say, okay, well, you want to switch more. How many times – I lost track of the amount of times that Siakam was on a smaller guy close to the basket or – they had to rotate and help because there was a guard left on a chua with the ball in the corner or Barnes started getting them on switches late. Like all of these dudes, like they're just really well suited to exploit mismatches. That's what they do. They pound you into the paint and they hit these little shots, much like Atlanta, by the way. Um, bad matchup in a different way for the Knicks. But again, how many of the games coming up are we going to see good matchups? You know, who do the Knicks match up with particularly well at this point? I don't. Uh, you know, I don't know. Thanks for gotten. Uh, Drew P. We have our first fake trade uh, super chat of the post game. Add Bamba and Bullock? Question mark. Um, I mean, I I think Reggie Bullock certainly would help defensively. Um, he hasn't shot it well this year, but he's shot it better of late. Uh, he would take Deuce's minutes, and again, like. I'm sorry, but like RJ's, a, I, I haven't called him out yet. RJ had a nice stat line. Good, good job by him hitting threes. He had some impressive finishes. Nice game from that perspective. He continues to play no defense at all that I could be impressed with. Um, and his decision-making in certain big spots. I'm, I'm bringing this up because you mentioned Deuce or I'm thinking of Deuce because of Bullock, because he would take Deuce's spot in the rotation. Like Deuce can't, he's not running your offense in these backup units. Like he, he's not a point. That's why I like, he's a technically, I guess you, he's, you call him a point guard. He's not a point guard. He doesn't run your offense. He's not even like a, he's not even like a Lonzo ball or like a, you know, like a, like a Dyson Daniels or someone that's like a, you know, a, a connector, right? That's not Deuce. The ball kind of stops when it goes in his hands. He like dribbles around a little bit. Maybe he penetrates the 16 feet and then he's like, oh shit, what do I do now? I guess I'll shoot it. I think he took one of those tonight, missed. Um, like it's so in those minutes, you need RJ to kind of reliably run your offense, especially with no quickly. Now, you want to tell me the answer was to make sure Brunson or, or Randall was on the floor. That's fine. But then, like, Brunson wasn't that great tonight. So, like, RJ, I, I maybe I'm asking too much of the kid. You can't completely throw up all over yourself at the beginning of the fourth quarter there, which is what he did. Um, cost him the game or contributed to costing them the game. Uh, anyway, nice stat line, though. Uh, yes, his playmaking needs to be. Well, again, RJ's playmaking needs to be utilized more. He just needs to be better. Like, I, again, I, utilizing RJ's playmaking implies that RJ has been a good playmaker at any point in time over the course of his career. He has at times been a passable playmaker at best. Um, you say you're tired of no ball movement. The Knicks tonight assisted on, make sure I get this right. The Knicks assisted tonight on 30 of 40 made field goals. That is their highest assist percentage of the season. I'm not sure I could take a comment seriously when you say you're tired of no ball movement and we literally just witnessed the best ball movement that they've had all year. Literally. 
Um, Jalen Brunson needs to get right. Yes, he does. And then, yes, Deuce's offense does hurt to watch. Ball movement wasn't the problem tonight, except for that stretch in the beginning of the fourth quarter. And again, it's not about utilizing RJ's playmaking. It's about RJ Barrett needing to be better. You know, just be better enough, enough with the handholding at certain point. Just be, be good. Hayden Freed. Thanks, Hayden. Uh, OB four or five uh, from three, five of eight overall. Can't play 10 minutes, have to trade him or play him more. Trade him or play him more. I, I would like to see him play more. He could help this team win. He's a good basketball player. It would behoove them to figure out how he could help them win. It's on the coach. It's on the front office. It's on everybody. Figure it out. Don't trade this guy at this where his value is right now. <laughs> Thanks, Hayden. Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? Uh, this team is unrecognizable from what we saw most of January. December, too. December. They were world beaters in December after the Mavs game. My optimism from post-Bucks game is evaporating. Is there any reason to hold any hope they could hang in the play-in range over the next 12 games? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jalen Brunson could rediscover his all-star form. Hasn't looked like that in a bit. couple games, whatever it is. So that would be a big thing. Um, I think they need to figure out they have to figure out something else defensively a different <laughs> something that's sustainable for them because right now what they're doing I'm not sure how sustainable it is um, but then again it, <laughs> I say that and I, I go right back to what I said initially, which is that guys just have to be better. They just have to be better. They have to defend better. Like your point of attack defense can't suck. <laughs> Especially when you have allegedly some good point of attack defender. Like Quentin Grimes has had his worst consecutive games by far as a Nick defensively between Atlanta and tonight. He, I did not think he was good defensively and like I, maybe I'm picking on him but like that's supposed that's what he's here for like the threes are important and he hit some threes tonight and good job by him for that he's here for his his point of attack defense he's the Knicks best point of attack defender given his size uh he needs to play like it. he didn't play like that tonight you know Deuce got taken advantage of the other night against Atlanta I thought he was better tonight they have to get quickly back quickly healthy quickly will help on the defensive end I don't know. Maybe you get Hardenstein out of the rotation. Finally. I don't know. Maybe you make a trade. Maybe, maybe RJ. Oh, here's a good one. Maybe RJ Barrett, the guy who, uh, everybody was like, well, his contract is better than the, the Jordan Poole contract and the Tyler hero contract and any other, those sorts of contracts you want to say, because RJ plays defense, right? RJ plays defense. Well, I'd like to see it at some point. I don't know if that's too much to ask. Like, utilize the fact that you're a six-seven wing who allegedly can move pretty well on the perimeter. Uh, just you know, like they were hiding him on pressures to chewer to start this game. Think about that. Dan Hidalgo, what's going on, Dan? Uh, does Tibbs have a personal vendetta against Obi? No, he doesn't. 
Um, he has a personal love affair with attempting to have some semblance of rim protection in the game at all times. And, you know, in fairness, he wants defensive rebounds. And Obi's not a great rebounder. And Julius Randle has been one of the best rebounders in the NBA for the last, like, two, three weeks. But if he's your best and biggest rebounder on the floor, you're going to have some issues. So, again, that Obi-Randall lineup, you're going to get hurt on the glass. Um, It's not it's not how they're used to playing defense. Um, Yeah. But it's just it's not as simple as like the guy went, you know, whatever he was, five of eight, four or five from three. Like, oh, he has to play 20 minutes like it has to be functional for your team. But there needs to be there needs to be more consideration to getting those guys on the floor together, even if it's not perfect. We are in. We are in the section of the season where perfect is the enemy of the good. And if you want to draw a comparison to last year, as Forgotten NYC did earlier about how the Tibbs inability to like look in the mirror and be like, this isn't working like playing Alec Burks at point guard, like having the size defensively, having Alec Burks close games because he's a veteran. He had been there before and seeing the same thing happen over and over and over again. Like, you know, it was enough for, you know, he was given enough rope to hang himself almost. Um, and that was their undoing last year. They never adjusted. I hope he has learned a lesson from that. I understand again, as I will sit here and I'll tell you myself, there are no easy answers. There are no obvious answers. But you need to know when to pull the plug on what's happening now because you don't feel like what's happening now is going to have a different result. And like, I don't know. Is now the time? Is now the time? I'm not sure. Went too long last year. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Thanks, Dan. Hush, what's going on? Tibbs was a joke tonight. Uh, Obi saving the team in the first half, rewarded with an extra minute overall, only played 11. Evan Fournier got 21. Is this coach serious? Again, we talked about it. I know, look, fans aren't going to like it. I get it. Um, it's annoying. I'm sure it's annoying for Obi. Um, you, you, you have to figure out a way to get him on the floor more. But that's not why they lost this game. You know, um, they lost this game because, and again, like say what you want about Obi. Obi was on the floor in the stretch of basketball when they did lose the game. Now he was on the floor without a point guard, you know, RJ Barrett was effectively the point guard in those minutes and didn't get the ball to Obi Toppin during that stretch. I think maybe he took one shot during that stretch of time, uh, but he was on the floor, you know, and then Things went bad. And then Jalen Brunson went on the floor to give the OB unit a point guard and things continued going bad. He's not Julius Randle. Like Julius Randle tonight was their easily their most effective offensive player because he was actually making shit happen. Um, You know, those eight assists were like earned. Um, I thought he was passing the ball really well tonight. Like OB's a different animal. OB has to be used in a certain way. Again, he's an easy guy to fall in love with, but like, you know, 
It's the same guy that people have been calling a bust over the last couple of weeks. Like as always, the truth is somewhere in between. Haitian Ferg, what's going on, Haitian? Ujiri's team construction represents the new NBA. Well, tell that to Raptors fans because a lot of them are not thrilled with their team construction. A lot of them are wish there was a little bit more uh, um, like normalcy, right? Uh, anyway, uh, their size allows for great rebounding, defending, especially zone defense. Mitch alone would have changed the outcome. We simply don't match up with them. I, I you know, I think if we had Mitch and quickly tonight, I think they could have won that game for sure. Quick gives you an extra defender. Mitch helps you defensively. Hopefully your guys are playing better defensively at the point of attack and, and contesting those shots early on more with, with more vigor. Um, But yeah, they're uniquely suited to beat the Knicks. That's for sure. I don't know if it's, I think a lot of people thought that this was like the wave of the future when this team went about, this season in this way, uh, kind of entering the year with like, Hey, we're just going to play a bunch of these dudes who are the same size. Hasn't worked as well as they've thought. Um, I don't know. They don't seem like a broken team to me, although they came into this game, like not having one since the last time we played them. So thanks. Haitian. Appreciate it. Juanon, what's going on? Juanon salute. We are simply not a good team with Mitch off the floor. I mean, the numbers agree with you. They're they've gotten outscored all year or they're they're They have gotten outscored this year without Mitch on the floor. Uh, I knew he was important, but it couldn't have been clearer tonight. We need the remote from <laughs> click to fast forward till he's healthy. <laughs> he's a really vital piece of their team. He just covers up so much. The great Ray Marcano said it on the halftime zoom um, for newsletter subscribers today. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting it in my newsletter tomorrow. He's a security blanket. You know, it's not as much what we do see with Mitch. It's what we don't even see because guys don't try stuff when he's in the game. It's just such a, it's such a difference maker. And then when you throw in the fact that he's become a wonderfully improved defensive rebounder, when you throw in the fact that obviously his offensive rebounds are a game changer, uh, all that stuff, you know, he's teams fear him at both ends. Um, and quickly too. You know, quick, like, again, talk about a dude who it's not obvious, maybe sometimes how important he is. That dude is freaking vital to, to their play at both ends. They need both of them back. Thanks, Juna. Uh, Dom Cappuccini with another one. I can't explain it, but it seems like we're missing more than Mitch. Monday's loss was understandable with these last three. Or these last, these last three, um, a lot of confounding mistakes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's been pretty confounding. I just realized I got my dates mixed up. They've lost, they haven't lost four in a, four out of five. They've lost four in a row. Um, right? Unless I've unless I'm again the season has got me all all screwed up. Yeah, the Detroit came the Detroit game came before the Toronto game. So it's yeah, Toronto, Washington, Atlanta, Toronto. There you go. Bad job by me. Um they've gotten worse in different ways. I don't know. I don't know how you say it. But yeah, I'm I'm less hopeful now uh than I was. They need to find something. 
they need to find something. Mangu man, what's going on, Mangu? So how are we justifying OB's minute total tonight? I mean, we've talked about it a ton. I figured it would be the topic of conversation. Um, he needs to play more. You know, again, if you're asking me my justification, my justification is that they lost this game on the defensive end. And that's not necessarily OB's strong suit. But the guys they played, Hardenstein played however many minutes. Like he wasn't helping you on defense. He wasn't helping you on the defensive glass. He wasn't protecting the rim. He certainly wasn't helping on offense. You know? So give OB those minutes, some of those minutes, at least some more of those minutes. Um, thanks, Mangu. Anthony Sixto, what's going on, Anthony? Randall could hold the ball, but there are plays he had to beg teammates to move while being doubled. I wish Emmanuel Quickly's tendency to keep moving was contagious. Um, I thought they got better moving without the ball over the second and third quarters tonight. Uh, again, they at one point, I think they were... At one point, I think they had 21 assists on 25 shots, which is like, let me talk about outstanding. And they ended up with 30 out of 40 shots, which is, or 40 made field goals, which is like really, really as good as you're ever going to see a team. I mean, 70, a 75 assist percentage is obscene. Um, and yeah, like, again, I thought the moments where Randall was holding the ball, I agree with you. There were guys who could have moved more. And this team, that's, they don't do it enough. They just don't do it enough. They're not a great passing team. They're not a great team as far as moving around without the ball. And when they do it, they play really well. It's not like they can't do it. It's not like they don't know how to do it because we saw them do it. We saw them do it tonight. They did it pretty well. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. Kevin McEwen, how does a coach pull a player when he's hot? Um, well, if you're talking about Obi in the first half, I mean, he had played seven and a half minutes or seven minutes, whatever it is. I didn't have, I mean, you want to tell me he should have been on the floor for another minute or two. That's fine. You want to tell me maybe that's a good spot to try Randall and Obi together. That's fine. Um, yeah. Do, do you think Tibbs has an issue with Obi? No, I don't think Tibbs has an issue with Obi. Like personally, I think Tibbs recognizes what Obi is as a player. He recognizes his strengths. He recognizes his weaknesses. Um, and like, he's trying to factor in all considerations. And that's just how Tibbs is. Uh, this team can't win without RJ, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle on the same page. Um, I think they just need them playing well. I don't know that any of those guys necessarily amplified each other to some extraordinary degree when they were playing well this season, but they were usually you'd have at least two of the three playing well. And often at least one of the three was playing like exceptionally nobody, none of them have played exceptionally for a while. What Brunson had the big, uh, what are you a big third quarter against Washington? Um, and a, a good overall game against Washington, but like, you know, it's been a while since we've gotten great, performances from them um like really great again i thought randall was good tonight but thanks kev appreciate it uh 